Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Ready or Not in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Small heads up, uh, first and foremost, I had no internet uh, most of yesterday, and so it kind of really set me back my schedule on a lot of different things. So it's 1.47 recording this. It has to be out by 3, and so there's a really good chance this is going to be very short. But I think uh, this is kind of the perfect movie to have a really short review for, because Ready or Not is pretty quick movie it's very superficial in what it's trying to do and uh easy to understand and so we're just uh just gonna talk about it no spoilers ready or not 2019 film it comes out came out this wednesday this past wednesday it's out and about in theaters now directed by matt bettinelli hyphen open and tyler gillette gillette Uh, who worked on VHS together. Uh, It stars Samara Weaving, Andy McDowell, Mark O'Brien, Adam Brody, Henry Cerny, Nikki Guidani, Melanie Scrafano, and others. And Ready or Not is kind of a horror comedy, but it's not really a horror comedy in the same vein as things like Shaun of the Dead Uh, but it does have a lot of those uh, sensibilities I suppose is the right term it follows a young woman Samara Weaving who meets her husband's family they marry the day the movie takes place and the following and you know she meets their family his family and they are very rich and have made their money off of games board games as the film explains and so she is asked to participate in a game as kind of a way to join the family as it were and as kind of silly as this seems especially from a synopsis point of view and especially knowing the type of movie this is going to be i kind of like it I kind of like this this premise because you do learn a lot about people just playing games with them and just engaging with them in a social environment that, you know, isn't a movie or, you know, you're not spending the entire time, you know, with your mouth filled with food. So that's kind of cool. I like that. I'm a fan of board games myself, so I'm into it. Uh, And, of course, the game is picked at random. And she ends up picking the game Hide and Seek, which isn't a board game. And it doesn't, I can't imagine that this family is responsible for creating Hide and Seek. That doesn't seem realistic. Not that all, not that this movie is exactly realistic. But it's very strange that the games, that there's an option to play a game that they didn't make. I feel like that kind of misses the point or or feels i don't know that just feels weird to me that that would be an option but nevertheless the game is hide and seek the title of the movie ready or not here i come ready or not if there's a sequel it can be titled here i come and that would be fun 
Um, and so she's tasked, Samara Weaving's character, tasked with hiding, and the whole family is going to try to find her before dawn. And if you've seen the trailer, so if you haven't, I don't know that we can really, you probably aren't listening to this, but if you've seen the trailer, then um, you know that it gets kind of violent. Things uh, get bloody. Things get aggressive. Things get rough. And the reason for that is uh, it's not exactly a game of hide and seek in so much as it's a game of hide and will come kill you. And I won't get into why that is and, and how that all plays into the greater story that is very flimsy. Uh, but that's that's it. That That's kind of the premise. You know, we set all that up in the first 15, 20 minutes and the rest of the movie is that. And beyond that, you have all these different characters. Uh, Annie McDowell playing... Um, some, so from Samara Weaving's character's perspective, you have Annie McDowell as a mother-in-law, Adam Brody, brother-in-law, uh, Mark O'Brien as the husband, uh, I think Henry Cerny, Cerny, yes, Henry Cerny as the father-in-law, uh, you've got some maids, you've got other family, distant family relatives, um, butler, so on, so on, and so forth. And it's, it's, a, it's a ton of fun. That, that is kind of the bottom line. It is so much fun to watch this. I think Samara Weaving is incredible in these kinds of movies. Uh, just the way she is in The Babysitter, like she is in Mayhem, which I really liked. Mayhem is from 2017. It's directed by Joe Lynch. It also stars Samara Weaving alongside Stephen Yin. And it's pretty much this. Uh, it's the two of them in a violent, bloody warpath. And uh, I think this is very much in the same vein. I think she's playing a very similar character. And she's very, very good at it. Uh, her Samara Weaving's uh, sort of sort of um, horror screams are phenomenal. She does she's so great at, at her, you know, blood curdling screaming. Uh, she looks the part. She feels the part. she she's very, physical in this role and I, I think she understands exactly what the movie is and what it's looking for uh, and then the cast around her are not you know outside of you know Brody McDowell and to a very lesser degree Mark O'Brien uh, they're really not people I was familiar with or recognized and I thought they all did really strong really well the the ensemble in this is very strong most of the cast uh, outside of Weaving, Brody, and O'Brien don't get a ton of character development, but they don't need to. I, I don't think I would describe them as necessarily, you know, cardboard characters, two-dimensional, but they're really fun, you know. Uh, uh, let me see. Um, Nikki Guadani Guidan is the aunt-in-law so she is Samara Weaving's husband's aunt so yeah I guess aunt-in-law would be how that goes and she is terrifying uh she reminded me of the um uh if you've ever seen this is a this is a deep pool and a, a strange connection but she reminded me of the axe wielding uh I want to say, like, Vulture from the animated Robin Hood movie. 
that carries like the big halberd uh, on sentry duty, which is a strange pool, and maybe one other person remembers that character. But she gives me those vibes. You know, she carries the big halberd. She walks around like that, you know, just having it over her shoulder. She's a small woman uh, who doesn't seem like she could really wield a weapon like that, and yet it works. You know, when she's actually using the the halberd, the axe, uh, it's, I believe it. Um, there is a reason that they have all these kind of medieval weaponry, despite the fact that the movie takes place in present day. There's, uh, the, the father-in-law character is, I don't know, he, he came out, came across to me at first as this very stern patriarch, and I think there's a lot more to him than that. I think he's a much softer character than we're led to believe. Uh, plus, Mark O'Brien and Adam Brody, as the husband and brother-in-law, respectively, are the two characters whose allegiance uh, is questioned throughout the film. Uh, both members of the family, so both expected to do the things the family are, is doing. But there's there's a couple of threads there. And I think the movie does a really good job of playing against your expectations of whether or not they are on... Samara Weaving's character side, whose name is Grace, and I, yeah, uh, whether or not they're on Grace's side, and that helps. It helps to, you know, I was, I don't think I was ever really thrown for a loop by the support, or, or by the allegiance they had, uh, but it comes close enough where I wouldn't have been surprised if they had swung the other direction, which it's kind of all you really need in a movie like this. The blood, the action, the guts, the gore, there's tons of it. There's a lot of it. And it's great. Um, you know, it, it it looks fine. Like, I didn't, you know, there was no issue I had with this, with the effects of the blood and so forth. Uh, especially later in the film, there's a lot of it. And it works. I think the movie finds a way to resolve the film that feels entirely earned and still kind of comes out of nowhere and is un unexpected. But I, I gotta say, I, I really can't praise Samara Weaving in this enough. I, th I think she is the reason for the success of this movie. I don't know if it'll be financially successful, but whatever success this movie has, she is absolutely... Uh, one of the main reasons that it gets that. Andy McDowell, as the mother-in-law, is good, not great. I, I think her character was too small to really get much from her, which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, she's one of the biggest names attached to this film, and I think they kind of short shrift her, un unfortunately. But, I don't know. Uh, you know, this isn't... It's just uh, it's just a really good survival type of film that has enough of a light touch to it to give it, you know, that that sort of I don't know to give it that sort of sort of enjoyment factor that that goes beyond, um, you know, your average B level horror movie, and this hits all those notes. It hits all those beats. Uh, some of the characters are, relish the idea of this violence and what they're doing. Others are not 
really into it. Some kind of don't care one way or the other. And so getting all those different perspectives perspectives was a lot of fun too. And you just, I don't know, it, it's just something to enjoy. You know, it doesn't ask a ton from you. There are a couple of kernels uh, hinting at maybe a bigger message, uh, like the fact that the family is very wealthy and, and so forth. But really, I, I think there's not much worth paying attention to from that point of view. I think the movie is just here to say, wouldn't this be crazy? And it would. And it, it goes places. It goes quite a few places. Uh, the audience I watched it with, I don't know, there may be a dozen of us in the theater. It was noon on a Wednesday, on, the, on Wednesday. The audience was very receptive to the film. They liked it a lot. They laughed at the places where you'd expect them to laugh. And were into the blood, into the gore, into all that stuff. I was into it. I'm not generally a fan of bloody, gory movies. Uh, I don't have a problem with them. I just... I need there to be a reason, or I need it to make, I don't know, it needs to be more than just blood, guts, and gore, and for this, I would say that that level for me is is the tone, it's the, it's the approach to the subject matter, it's the, you know, the captivating performance from, from weaving as grace, and uh, just, you know, how, how much fun the movie manages to have uh, with, you know, people dying, seemingly every time you enter a new frame so yeah ready or not it's kind of it that's that's kind of it um what are we at about 14 minutes into this episode uh so i guess i'll tack on here at the end <clears throat> first of all thank you i really like ready or not it's going to end up with like a three star rating for me it's not great but it's a lot of fun i really enjoyed it uh, which is about where I put Mayhem. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Mayhem. Well, I guess it's been two years, so I, I, I can't say for sure that I like one more than the other, but if you liked that, I bet you'll like this, and if you go see it and like this, I bet you'll like that. So, uh, tacking this on here at the end, uh, looking forward to next week. I don't have anything scheduled, or not scheduled, but I don't have anything on the docket, really, to record for next week. I guess uh, Angel Has Fallen comes out this weekend, uh, which may or may not get an episode. I, I don't really want to talk about it, to be honest. Um, next week we finish August. So, uh, I don't know. If, I guess, I guess the, what would really be likely, uh, I still haven't seen um, Bernadette. Where'd you go, Bernadette? Uh, or some other, like, um, Peanut Butter Falcon is a good good chance. I, I do a review episode on Peanut Butter Falcon, uh, since I believe I'm seeing that today. Or, you know, if I manage to see Blinded by the Light, or um, Billy Bryan, I think is the name of the movie. Uh, one of those two is certainly worth an episode if I can get to see those. But, I don't know, I'm going to going to be scrounging the bottom of the barrel for that third episode next week uh, before we move into September and we can get to do some of the monthly episodes for September. Looking into the future, um, came to my... I... I, So... uh, How do I phrase this? 
So I'm currently doing every month a uh, top 10 actors born in that month episode. And I'll be doing that for at least a year. Prior to that, I did the, I did broke, broke them down by decades. So actors born before the 1900s and the 1900s, 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And then before that, I had done the month born actors. And they start on like April. That's when the yearly year cycles. I really, it really bothers me that that is the case, uh, especially for the purposes of you know, compiling all the data and statistics on the website. So I would really like to just do both of those episodes every month, every year. The reason I was going to alternate them is primarily because uh, it gave me, you know, two years between when I would have to do the January Born Actors episode and give me more time to watch movies that would have those people in them uh, without having to spend a week watching movies with those people in them specifically uh but i don't know again this is this is more of amusing this is not any fact that i am stating at the moment but i would like to at least if i'm even if i don't end up doing both every single month uh there's a very i mean there's a hundred percent likelihood that the month uh the decades born lists will start in january next year uh, as opposed to whenever the month-born ones are done, so that I can cycle this into uh, doing it starting in January and, and doing it from that point on. So there's that. That that's that's on the horizon. Uh, the 2010 Circle of Film Awards are coming soon. They're probably coming in September. Uh, I think is I had originally planned to do them in August, and it's not going to happen. I finished all the Oscar winners from 2010. Uh, the other day, so there's that, but I have a handful of movies I feel like I need to see before I can do that year justice, and so I'm going to knock those out and then get to work on, on the list. Um, so there, uh, that may mean that we don't get the, that may mean I don't get to the 2009 episode before we get to 2019, uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. All right, that's it. That's it. Short episode, like I said. I, 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 I encourage you to go see Ready or Not. I think, I mean, I guess you'll know if it's not the kind of movie for you. But I think it's a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you would like to find more episodes, iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found, or you can go to the website, circleoffilm.com, for all episodes and other things like top 10 lists of actors and circle film awards past and present if you would like to get in touch with me right into the show any of those types of things you can find me on twitter at circle of film you can find me on letterboxd at circle of film or email circle of film at gmail.com if you'd like to support the show like it rate it review it subscribe it uh or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film for as little as eight cents an episode which will give you early access to everything i record uh, enough of an enough in advance, which, if you're paying attention, hasn't been happening much uh, this week, but is always uh, we're in a we're in a we're in a dead dead zone dead zone for movie time. So hopefully, when things start to pick up into award season and into the fall, uh, that'll happen more often. Thank you for listening, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same. I know she'll never leave me. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.